excited as we jump into uh, really spending the next five weeks talking about some of the many, really the parables that Jesus taught. Um, and you guys know, he spent much of his public teaching telling stories. Sam knew that. Read your Bible, you know that, all right? All right, yes, is that right? That's right, much of it. And, and it's interesting, you're going to see how the kingdom of God that we've been talking about and these parables overlap so much. Because many of the parables, he actually starts out, the kingdom of heaven is like. You know, he's talking about what does life, and all of the parables are what does life look like in the kingdom of God? What does it look like? How do we live it? That's really what all of these parables are about. And he told so many stories uh, about that. All right. So write this down. Write this down. Uh-oh. Did it go off? It must have glitched. There you go. Um, all right, write, that, write this down. Parables reveal, we said this a few weeks ago, parables reveal truth to those searching and conceal truth to those that are what? Are what? Playing games. So parables reveal truth if you're searching for truth. <laughs> But if you're just playing games, it conceals the truth. So, the wait for this morning is on us. If you walk out of here going, I got nothing from that. <laughs> are you playing games? Or are you searching? Say, ouch. It's okay, all right? I, I mean, I, I'm just being honest, because if we're searching, do you know he meets us there? Oh, come on. He meets us there, right? We got to be pressing in to, to him, all right? That's just the way it is. Parables also, write this down, parables are meant to change our perspectives, they're meant to change our perspective. They're stories that prove a point that, that really makes us uncomfortable so we will change toward Jesus. Are y'all with me? All right. I'm going to need some response. All right. I know it's early. I know school's starting tomorrow, but don't get bummed out yet. All right. Or celebrate too quick, depending on which side you're on. Right. All right. Parables are meant to change our perspectives. Luke 15 is where we're going to look today. And um, in, in Luke chapter 15, Jesus actually tells three main parables in that chapter. I find it kind of interesting. He starts out with the parable of the lost sheep, right? Then he goes to the parable of the lost coin, then he goes to the parable of the lost two sons. Many times we call that parable the prodigal son. But if you know the story, it was the prodigal sons. Oh, come on. Are y'all hearing me? The father had two lost sons. And I think it's interesting because at the beginning... The first story he tells, the ratio is 101 lost sheep. The next story he tells, the ratio is 10 coins and one lost. And the last story he tells in that chapter is of a father that had two sons and of his heart to restore 100%. It was two for two. Two were lost. 
His heart was to redeem or to bring back or to restore both of them. Are y'all hearing me? All right. So it's pretty, it's pretty interesting when you really look at the whole chapter. It, it really is. Um, now, Jesus is actually responding to something in Luke 15. All three stories, <coughs> excuse me, are Jesus responding to murmuring in the crowd from religious leaders and even some from his disciples. So he is responding with these stories. And I want you to know, it really hit me like a ton of bricks um, this, this week uh, that how many of you know Jesus loved the scribes and Pharisees? He loved them. He challenged them because he wanted them to see him as Messiah and come to him. He, scripture says he came first to them. Come on. And then to us. First to the Jews. And then to us. All right. Y'all are going to have to wake up. All right. All right. He came first. He came first. There. He loved them. And he wanted them so badly to receive him as Messiah. Um, but the problem was the religious leaders, they were convinced they were better than those sinners out there. And the sad thing is that hasn't changed too much. <laughs> It really is. So, are y'all ready? Are you ready? Do I need to turn the fan on or something? Are y'all sleepy? All right. I can turn the fridge on. We'll be all right. All right. Luke 15. Let's look at what it says. Verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners all gathered around to hear Jesus. Not of any importance other than evidently Luke thought tax collectors were even a step up from sinners. He called them out. There were prostitutes and everybody else in the crowd. I mean, there was. But he said, well, there were these really, really bad guys, and then there were regular sinners, and they were all in the crowd. <laughs> uh, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered. This man welcomes sinners, and he eats with them. Now, they're not that far off because according to culture and the, the law, um, you can't eat with them or you'll get unclean also. Okay? So, it's like I can't believe he's eating and hanging out with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you, everybody say one of you, has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he what? Finds it. How many of you know Jesus never sinned one time? Oh, come on. I, that better be 100%. All right. Jesus never sinned one time. He was without sin. Yes, he was. But he wasn't always nice. Right. He wasn't always nice. He was, he was very truthful. <laughs> and right off the bat, because he is, he, is, he is responding to what he's hearing them talk about, right off the bat, he makes his disciples and he makes... The Pharisees, the teachers of the law, <laughs> he makes them mad. He offends them because he says, suppose one of you is a shepherd. And in that culture, 
the shepherds were kind of the lower class, despised, you couldn't get a job doing anything else, you're not very smart, you're not very educated, you're not, I mean, that was kind of, so he is telling them, suppose you're a shepherd, you're a shepherd, and already they're a little bit offended, like you're, you're, you're saying I'm one of these lower class citizens, suppose you're, you're a shepherd, um, and suppose you lose a sheep. Wouldn't, wouldn't you, matter of fact, let's just reread. Let's read this and let's keep on going, all right? Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses, what? Everybody say one. Doesn't he leave, like it's just understood, doesn't he leave the 99 in the what? Open country, hang on to that, and go after the lost sheep until he, what? He finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully, everybody say joyfully, puts it on his shoulders and goes home. When he calls, or then he calls his friends and his neighbors and he and gets them all together and says, Everybody say it. Ready? Rejoice with me. Okay, say it like you mean it. Ready? Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who do not need to Repent. That's a cool story. It really is. And in this story, there are actually four different perspectives. There's four different things going on with four different groups in this story. And we're gonna we're gonna dig it out a a little bit. Um I, I mean Let's start out right down here, Um, and we're going to say this, this represents the lost sheep. Everybody say the lost sheep. sheep. Yeah. I I got a question. Is there anybody in the room that is an expert on sheep? You are like an expert on all things sheep. Raise your hand. Anybody? You're like an expert? You got it? All right. I, I, I mean... Um, well, that's good. You won't know if I'm lying or not. Um, uh, <laughs> no, no. I, I, I mean, I, I, I am not. I've never raised sheep. I've petted one. That's about it. They're not as soft as you think. Um, so I had to, because I'm not an authority, I had to go to... Google, and I'd be stretching to say it's an authority. Don't believe everything you read, all right? Um, But I learned some things from Google uh, about sheep, that a couple of things I did not know, uh, all right? And I think these are interesting observations about sheep. Did you know that sheep do not have very good eyesight? They, they don't have very good eyesight. Now, I have brand new glasses. Today is the first day I'm wearing them all day. So I'm not ignoring you. I just can't see you, okay? Um, but, uh, but, but sheep do not have very good eyesight. Did you know that sheep are a flocking or herding animal? They're a flocking or herding animal, uh, all right? It is in them... It is built into them to stay in a group, to stay together. It is normal. It is natural. It's the way God wired them was to stay together. Sheep are also very social. They stay in a group and they interact 
really, really well with each other. Sheep, listen to me, sheep were designed to live life together. Everything about them is to do it together. And and here's the thing. Sheep were not designed to live any of their life alone. They're just not. They're just not. Here's a fact that really hit me hard um, about sheep. When you think about, I, I don't know, as we walk through this, you know, I'm assuming you understand that Jesus says you're a sheep. Good, bad, or ugly, there you are. Right? Right? I, I, I mean, you are a sheep. This hit me really hard when it comes to this being the sheep and, the, and us being sheep. Matter of fact, you might write this down. Most of the time when a sheep wanders off, it's because it's sick or hurting. They, they were designed to be together. They, everything within them is for togetherness. So when a, in this parable, when there is a sheep that wanders away, it's not normal. It's not supposed to happen. It's not. Um, And so I wonder when this sheep wanders off, when it walks away, when it gets lost, is, is it because it was hurting? Is it because it was sick? You know, in the original language, it kind of gives this idea of it wandering away, um, which is kind of a gradual process. You know, you don't wander away, you run away on purpose. Right? Are y'all hearing me? You know? Um, that, that maybe, maybe the sheep didn't do it um, quickly. Maybe it was a slow process. Either way, the shepherd says the sheep was what? Lost. Everybody say lost. It was lost. And here's the thing, maybe it walked away so gradually, and I want you to think about this. This, is, this parable is not just talking to the lost out there that do not know Jesus. It's a great story for that. And I believe there's an element of it that fits that. But this sheep was part of the fold. And it wandered off. It wandered off. And I wondered, did the 99 even know it was gone? It happened so gradually, did the 99 even know that it was lost? And then from the sheep's perspective, from this seat, from the sheep's perspective... Did the sheep even think it was lost? (laughs) Have you ever thought about that? Maybe the sheep didn't know it was lost. Have you ever been lost and didn't know you were lost? And then you realized, I'm lost. Right? (laughs) I wish I'd figured out I was lost about an hour ago. Boy, it would have saved some time, right? Come on, right? Maybe, maybe the sheep did not even think it was lost. Maybe the sheep just thought, you know what? I'm just going to go do my own thing. Yeah, it's going to be fine. I know everybody else, they're going over there. Maybe, maybe I'm just going to go do my own thing. But what did we say about sheep? (laughs) They were not designed to do their own thing. 
Come on. You were not designed just to go do your own thing. Um, maybe it was, you, you know what? Um, I, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go because maybe I didn't like what they said. You know? Um, maybe the sheep is like, uh, I don't really need them. They hurt my feelings. Why aren't y'all saying amen? I don't really need them anymore. They hurt, they hurt my feelings. I, I, I don't want to hang out with that, sheep, those, that group of sheep anymore. Um, I'm just going to go do my own thing because they don't, they don't believe politically like I do. They don't believe like me on social justice issues or on creation or on pick a topic. They don't believe like me, so I can't. I, I'm just going to go do my own thing. Matter of fact, there's a whole lot of freedom when I do my own thing. I can eat what I want when I want, how I want kind of interesting but here's the thing the shepherd sees the sheep as someone that's in danger that's vulnerable because sheep were not designed to do it alone just not the shepherd recognizes what Jesus said that there is a roaring lion seeking that loner sheep. Come on. Right? But the sheep may not even know it. The sheep may say, ah, I got this. I don't need them. I want you to write this down. The enemy's plan is to divide and to isolate. That was his plan in the garden. That's why he put man and wife against each other. Come on. Right? From the beginning, it was to divide and to isolate. See, some think that the biggest tragedy that's happened to the church is something that's happened politically. I don't believe that. I really don't. I believe the way the enemy has used it has been tragic. Right? I, I, I do. I, I believe that the greatest enemy in the last few years is how the enemy has divided the sheep. And listen to me. On issues that are not eternal. He is a genius at dividing us on issues that are not eternal. If it's not heaven and hell, let me just, let me just put you at ease. If it's not heaven and hell issues, when we get there, we're going to discover both of us were wrong. <laughs> Say amen, whether you believe it or not. Because y'all know what amen doesn't mean I agree. It means so be, or let it be. Let it be. Let it be that we see the truth of who he is and goes, boy, I was wrong, but I'm so glad he loves me. Right? Because it was not a heaven and hell issue. Anybody besides me, I wore steel toes today. Anybody else? No, I didn't. All right? I mean, it's just true. And then the enemy throws in isolation with, and, and fear with disease and virus and all the other stuff. And he isolates us. And when we get isolated, then we start believing the lie. Come on. It happens. It happens. Jesus says the sheep, listen to me. Jesus says the sheep was lost. The sheep was lost. 
He didn't say the sheep was wrong. <laughs> you may want to write that down. That's good. Uh, it's lost. It can't see or understand even where it is. Maybe it was drawn away from the rest of the sheep by hurt, by pain. Maybe it was drawn away because it thought that over there looks better. Why aren't we going there? Come on. I, I think I'm just going to go over there because that grass is greener. It seems better. You know my wife's famous phrase about when you see greener grass? Stay away. Because it only means there's a septic tank under there feeding it. That's it. It's the only reason it's that green. Right? I mean, somebody say amen, right? That's good. That's good. Um, it, it is. It is. Um, the enemy loves to separate us. Hmm. Did you know sometimes you, you, that you don't know that you're lost when you're lost? All you know is something's off. Isn't that true? Something is off. Write this down. Um, most of the time, the lost didn't get there on purpose. They didn't get lost on purpose. Nobody sets out and goes, you know what, I'm just going to get lost today. Nobody does that. The lost, they do not do that on purpose. They don't get there on purpose. Jesus describes our world as what? Lost. Lost. All right. So let, let's talk about this one. This one's a little bigger stool because that's all we had, but I think it works well. Because let's talk about this is the 99. Uh, look at somebody and say, I pray I'm part of the 99. Uh, all right? There's some here. You may be lost, and that's awesome. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. Uh, all right? Um, but you may think you're here, but really you're here. Okay? Uh, that, that happens quite often uh, also. Uh, all right? So let's, let's talk about... The 99. In this story, I think it's interesting that the 99 were not left in a pen. The scripture says, remember, I had you repeat it, they were, they were left in what? Open country. King James says, a wilderness. They were left in the wilderness. And I think it's interesting because the 99 that are part of the flock, they're the big flock, right? The shepherd, who is a good shepherd, <laughs> doesn't leave them in a safe place. You're like, but I thought he was a good shepherd. Yes, he's a good shepherd. But he didn't leave him in a safe place. He left him in a place exactly what Sam said, together. So they had to do it together. They had to stay safe together. They had to stay protected together. Are y'all hearing me? He said he left them out in the place where they needed to learn to rely on each other. Is that not a great picture of the body of Christ? Isn't it though? I love that. I do. That is so, so cool. Did you know something I learned when I was reading about sheep on Google? Is that sheep, in every flock of sheep, there will emerge leader sheep. Sheep that are wired to be leaders. And it's interesting, from what I understand, those leader sheep kind of emerge, and the rest of the flock will follow those sheep. God designed them that way. 
And so they follow that leader sheep. I, I think it's interesting, though. I, I, I read this that um, I think it was back in 2006 uh, in Turkey. I, I guess there's lots of sheep there. In Turkey, um, there was a, a, a herd of sheep, 1,500 sheep that followed a leader sheep off a cliff into a ravine. That day, 400 of the sheep died, and most of the others had to put be put down because of their injuries, and it cost the owner of the sheep, listen to this, the economic impact that day was over $84,000. And I thought about that. And it was because the sheep, 1,500 strong, were following a leader sheep, which is the way God designed them, but the leader's sheep wasn't following the shepherd. <laughs> That's powerful. The leader's sheep was not following the shepherd. And 400 of them died and some others had to be put down. Jesus describes it like this in Matthew Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the bind, what's going to happen? <laughs> They're all going to fall in a what? In a pit. That's right. Be careful. Here's the warning. Be careful that you know that the leader sheep is following the shepherd. That they're not just a leader sheep. Come on. Right? But that they are following the shepherd. They are following the shepherd. Um, and and, and here's, here's the thing. Um, if you guys remember, and I love this. Do y'all remember the story of Peter um, denying Jesus? Do y'all remember that? All right, yeah, that's rain. Aren't you glad you're here? All right, I know. Let's just thank Jesus for rain, right? Um, all right, so, so y'all remember the story of, of Peter denying Jesus, right? I don't know him. I don't know him. He cusses at a little girl, says, I don't know him, right? Y'all remember that? Yes. yes, okay. So Jesus dies, raises from the dead, the resurrected Jesus meets Peter, and before the crucifixion, Jesus said, you're the rock, and I'm going to build a whole church. You're going to be such a big part of this thing, you know? Well, then Peter blows it. He's like, I'm no rock. I'm a wimp. I go to go back fishing. Jesus meets him on the seashore on the side of the lake, cooks breakfast for him, cooks some fish for him, sitting around talking. Jesus Three times Peter denies, three times Jesus affirms him in his calling. No, no, you're, you're the rock. Peter, you're the rock. Peter, you're the rock. That's in essence what he was saying. And, and he said three times, I want you to write this down. That's why I mention it. He says three times, feed my sheep. Peter. I said that, the, that, that we're going <laughs> to, you're, you're one of the rocks that this church is going to be built on. That's what he told him. And, and feed my sheep. He did not say, Peter, feed your sheep. <laughs> he said what? Feed my sheep. See, 
So many times in the body of Christ, especially in our culture in the South, it's so easy for us to start thinking, these are my sheep. These are my sheep. I'm the pastor. I'm the shepherd. They're my sheep. These are my, this is my church. This is my congregation. This is my circle. This is mine. And, and, and that's how so often people get let off the cliff. Because you're not my sheep. They're his sheep. You're his sheep. I'm just one of the stinky leader sheeps. I stink just like you. Come on, are y'all hearing me? You're, you're his sheep. Not, not my sheep. And, and I believe also that that's why Paul... See, we say, well, then we don't need leader sheep. Yeah, we do. Paul even said it like this. He said, it sounds arrogant, but it wasn't at all. He said, follow me. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. See, he had it right. You do what I do as you see me following him. Come on. You, I'm a leader sheep, that's what Paul was, just a leader sheep, and you follow me as I follow the shepherd, right? Right? I just think that's so, so good, all right? Um, and, And that's also why the scripture says that we, we as his sheep, are you a sheep? Yeah, we as his sheep can hear his voice. And know him and follow him. That's good news. It really, really is. I I also think that Jesus is telling the 99, those of us that sit on this stool, to be careful how we celebrate the ones coming home. That we celebrate. That we truly celebrate more than look down on them. Did you realize that right now, and I'm going to have to speed up, did you realize that right now, around the world, there are more people coming to know Jesus today than ever before in history? Ever before. Matter of fact, statistically, there have been more people come to Jesus in the last 20 years than in the entire 200 years combined before that. Do you realize right now... That in the Muslim world is one of the greatest revivals that's ever happened on the planet. Oh, come on. We should celebrate that. Yeah. Oh, come on. Now I have hearted. Yeah. Did you know that in China today, it is the day of Pentecost almost every day in China. Over 60,000 Chinese coming to know Jesus every single day day. And he is saying, the 99, (laughs) you better learn to celebrate. Instead of going, oh, where is God? Evil is winning. Evil is, yeah, there is evil, but my God will never fail. Come on, right? Right? I just believe that. And if, if you just think that evil is winning, huh, you just need to open your eyes outside your little world. I'm just saying. Maybe you think evil is winning and maybe you have a hard time celebrating. Maybe you're part of the 99 that's just like, yeah, whatever. Maybe you're a Jonah. Maybe you're a Jonah that honestly just says, you know what? They don't deserve forgiveness. They kill Christians. They don't deserve to be forgiven. 
They hate me as an American. They don't deserve to be forgiven. Yeah. Makes me want to throw up. Because the truth is, God used a Christian killer to write a third of the New Testament when he redeemed him. Come on, right? Man, so, so good. Or, as the 99, do we do what we talked about last week? Do we walk in humility and pushing those sinners ahead of ourselves? Or in arrogance going, God don't want, I don't want God to bless them. And if you are sitting in this seat right here, I want you to know, um, the good news is, Jesus, he is pursuing you. And you can't get away. Because the truth is, write, write this down, wherever you are, he is. Wherever you are, he is. All right? And then let's talk about this right here. This is the stool of the friends and the neighbors. The friends and neighbors. Where it says that he's going to call together his friends and neighbors and say, Hey, let's throw a party because my one sheep, my one sheep has come by. I went and I found them. I found them and brought that one sheep home. He is telling these religious leaders and his disciples, first, you are my friends. You are my neighbors. And if all of heaven is willing to rejoice, why won't you? Why won't you rejoice? See, because they were struggling rejoicing because these sinners, they were messing up their church system. Because how many of you know when a sheep's been out there and got beat up and messy, <laughs> you're going to get some stink on you. And they messing up our pretty little thing we got going. And Jesus is like, man, just rejoice. Just rejoice. Just rejoice. That newly found sheep, it may have some baggage, some brokenness, some things we got to walk through, but I just want you to rejoice with me. Don't focus on all of that. And here's a question. What is our attitude when the church caters more to the lost sheep than the found ones? Because obviously all of heaven rejoices. And then there is a fourth perspective right here. And this fourth perspective of all that's going on in this story is that of the shepherd. Not just a shepherd, but a what? A good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. I'm not going to sit in this one because I'm not the good shepherd. He is. He is. See, the good shepherd, um, well, let's read a couple scriptures. In Ezekiel, it says, for this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself, everybody say myself, will search for my and look after them. A few verses down from there, he says, I will search for the lost sheep and bring back the strays. I will bind up their injuries and strengthen the weak, but the, the sleek and the strong, I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with what? With justice. I will shepherd the flock with justice. Look at this scripture in 1 Peter. For you were like what? Oh, come on. You're like what? Sheep going astray. But now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your So here's what I know about the shepherd. Write this down. He never stops searching for the lost. He never stops searching for the lost. Hmm. 
And if there is somebody that you know that is lost, whether they've walked away or whether they've never experienced Jesus in their life, if, if they are lost, listen to me close. Don't give up on them. Because my good shepherd has not given up on them. He is not going to give up on them. He's just not going to do it. See, religion, religion says this. Religion says to this lost sheep right here, get your act together. That's what religious people say too. Get your stuff together. Do it right. Don't you know how many people you've hurt? Don't you know how many people you let down when you walked away? Don't you know? Just get your stuff together. And if you get your stuff together, we'll let you back here. But the gospel is that it is impossible to get from here to here. You can't get your act together good enough. You can't, you can't do it right. You can't obey all the rules enough to get back to here. The gospel is you can't do it unless the shepherd picks you up and carries you on his shoulders. You can't do it. It's impossible. But the good shepherd And all of my stubbornness, and all of my brokenness, and all of my pride and arrogance of I can do it on my own. The scripture didn't say that he came and he grabbed that sheep and said, where have you been, boy? He didn't grab that sheep and say, don't you know better? He grabbed that sheep. And he put it on his shoulders and he carried it like he carried the cross. And he said, if I'll carry the weight of the cross, carrying you, it ain't nothing. I'm going to put you on my shoulders and I'm going to come back home And I'm going to put you where you belong, right there. And here's the good news. The sheep couldn't do it on his own. The sheep didn't do any of the work. The shepherd did all the work. The shepherd went looking, found, picked up, carried back home, planned a party, celebrated it. The shepherd did it all for the sheep. See, I, I believe this morning in this room, there are two kinds of lost. There are those that are, you've been a part. You know what it's like to be a part of the body of Christ. But for whatever reason, maybe hurt, maybe pain, maybe sickness, maybe something looked better. And you realize this morning, you know what? I'm not here. 
See, your job this morning is to just not bite the shepherd when he tries to pick you up. Your job this morning is to not fight him when he's trying to put you on your shoulder, on his shoulders. Your job is to surrender to the good shepherd and let him do the work of bringing you back. And then there are those this morning. You don't know what this looks like because you've never given your life to the good shepherd who carried a cross for you to make you brand new from the inside out and you're running and I just want to beg you today surrender stop running stop kicking and screaming stop biting at the one that wants to just pick you up and love on you that wants to bring you home to the place that you belong because you were never meant to do it on your own. And maybe this morning you're part of the 99. And maybe what you need to do in these next few minutes is say, God, restore my heart for the lost. For the broken. For the hurting. I want to hurt like you. And maybe you're one of the friends and neighbors. And maybe you need to just say this. Lord, teach me how to not be judgmental. But to truly celebrate the one lost coming home.